Okay, NFL Week 5 has concluded, finished up after the Monday Night Football game to where Baltimore comes back from 19 down. It was 22-3. to They win in overtime, 31-25. to uh, You know, Indianapolis had a, a, you know, decent opportunity to get the game up to, I believe it would have been 11 because the made field goal by Blankenship would have made it 28-17. to uh, But Calais Campbell... You know, clutch defensive player, a good veteran in this league, uh, and especially for the Baltimore Ravens, goes through, blocks it, and then that leads that drive. I believe that drive leads to the the tie game, touchdown, two point conversion, and then yeah, once the the momentum that Baltimore was carrying late in that game, they win the opening, they win the coin toss for the overtime period, and. They don't even give the ball to Indianapolis. They score on that first drive and just win it right there. So, and the, the thing, you know, the, the doubts with Baltimore and, and particularly Lamar Jackson is if the run is taken away, because this was a team who had 43, 44 uh, consecutive games of 100-plus rushing yards as a team. Um, and they didn't get that last night, so the record remains tied with – I. It was a Pittsburgh Steelers team. I, or yeah, I don't remember the years or anything, but um, anyway, so they didn't get the NFL record there. But what Lamar Jackson was able to do in the passing game 37 for 43, 442, four touchdowns, also led the team in rushing with 62 yards. Um, Mark Andrews getting 11 catches at the tight end position with two touchdowns. It tells you that the Ravens have multiple dimensions on the offense. Uh, if if they shut down, if a defense shuts down the run, well, guess what? They can complement it with a great passing game. And I think that was a franchise record for Baltimore for most passing yards in a game. So Lamar Jackson is no fluke. That's why he, I mean, I know he's known for his versatility, being able to say pass for 150, rush for 100, whatever it may be, or pass for 200, rush for 100. But he can put these games together and obviously proved it last night with a, basically a, a career game right there. Um, so, yeah, Baltimore, you know, instead of being three and two, could have easily been that if if the Colts were able to put together just like that one more drive, that one last drive. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, with Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship, you know, they had the, another opportunity to win the game at the end of regulation. Blankenship was dealing with a hip issue. Um, he's going to get evaluated uh, throughout this week here, and, and we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, you're at 4-1 and one now at the top of the AFC North because you had Cincinnati lose to Green Bay. Cleveland lost a, a tough one to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won, but they're still two games back. Um, so that was that was huge to to stay on top of the AFC North, especially early on in the season, um, and allow themselves to be entrenched in potentially getting that number one seed in the playoffs. We'll have to see. Obviously, we got twelve more games left to go in the season. So that was um, a good performance there i mean you got to credit carson Wentz too carson Wentz, i think had 300 plus passing yards in that game so uh colt's offense you know 
wasn't bad whatsoever. It's just that when the Ravens ca- caught that momentum and came storming back, I mean, there was no way we were going to stop them. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, the Colts just didn't do enough. If I'm going to, let's see, we got, I mean, the Thursday night game, the Rams and Seahawks. Uh, I mean, that was pretty much over once Russell Wilson went out with the uh, severe, what, fingers, sprain, whatever the hell it was to where he needed, I, th- I think he needed surgery. So he's going to be out for at least four weeks. I think what I last saw is that it should be uh, sooner rather than later in the terms of the timetable. I know the max was like eight weeks, probably going to be more towards the four to six week range. Uh, but, you know, what? like, can Seattle stay afloat, especially in that division with the, the NFC uh, West with LA, the team that they just lost to, uh, the Arizona Cardinals being undefeated, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, 49ers kind of a question mark because uh, of the the quarterbacks and the health of their quarterbacks because Jimmy Garoppolo went out, which paved the way for Trey Lance to start this week against Arizona. And now Trey Lance is apparently injured, but San Francisco's on the bye week. So maybe Trey Lance has a little bit more time and, you know, might be able to start in week seven. We'll have to see. But, you know, the quarterback, like not really uncertainty because they know what they have, but when it comes, when you throw in injuries, that's when it gets problematic for them. Um, but yeah, anyway, going back to Seattle, you have Geno Smith now who he can play. I mean, he had one, he had a hell of a, of a drive there coming in for Russell Wilson um, to start. But I think um, it's a little different when the quarterback comes in, like during the game, when the Rams have been game planning pretty much for Russell Wilson the entire week. Now the Seahawks on Sunday night, this upcoming week, week six, will play the Steelers, and the Steelers' Mike Tomlin will be game planning for Geno Smith this time around. And I think we may have some different results to where the Steelers could very easily get back to 500 after after the struggles, um, after the big question marks with Ben Roethlisberger on if he's going to even make it the whole season the way he's playing. Um, And those question marks were removed. Obviously, he's not going to get benched, but I was talking about more of his health. Uh, So, yeah, you have that with Seattle, the uncertainty there. Thankfully for Geno Smith, you have some weapons uh, to where, like DK Metcalf, Tyra Lockett, guys like that uh who uh, swain is another guy another deep ball threat so geno smith does have the ability to to do decent uh it's just that it's an uphill battle now i mean geno smith by by no means is russell wilson so uh can the seahawks try to stay afloat for this let's see i mean probably five or six games i would think russell wilson misses i don't know because uh, that division is so tough that's going to be a big question mark but the rams rams are looking good uh obviously had the loss to the cardinals last week but was able to bounce back matt stafford looks great uh with his new team 365 yards uh you know i'm not uh surprised by that effort especially with the multiple receivers he can throw it to i mean you robert woods had himself a game with 150 but it also could have been cooper cup uh it could have been van jefferson uh, deshaun jackson was catching some deep balls uh so he somehow he just looks like he's he's never leaving like a prime like because he's he's still one of the best deep ball threats in the entire league uh even though he's in the later or latter part of uh, his career 
Uh, so yeah, Stafford has the weapons. I mean, they also kind of have a running game too with Daryl Henderson. You, they got the Sony Michelle from the Patriots, uh, and yeah. So the Rams looking like one of the better teams in the NFC, the entire league, because of Matthew Stafford and the offense, and then the complement, uh, the complement with the defense and Aaron Donald and all that too. So and of course Sean McVay coaching them all. Uh, you had the uh, the first London game of the season was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Jets and Falcons. So not the best product that you could have probably given the London crowd to one in three teams. But anyway, still fairly entertaining. I mean, it's just with the Jets, you're just going to have your growing pains with Zach Wilson. That's what it just seems like. I think he was I, I slightly above 50 percent completion percentage under 200 yards, though. Uh, Matt Ryan had himself a game with like 342 and two touchdowns. Finally, you had Kyle Pitts getting the end zone for the for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think that was helpful when you had Russell Gage was out with an injury and Calvin Ridley was out for a personal matter. He didn't travel to London um, and that didn't deal. I was a little skeptical. I'm like, is that because he's not vaccinated? Is that what's going on? That was not what was going on. The Falcons were one of the first teams to get 100 percent vaccinated. So. Don't worry about that. Uh, and Cordell Paris, wow, Cordero Patterson. There we go. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons running back, wide receiver, kick returner, whatever you want to call him. It was a leading rusher for that team. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that guy's the guy's everywhere for the offense. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing more than that really. Uh, the, the crazy game with the Packers and the Bengals. And to, to, I want to summarize the last uh, the last possessions of this game here because you had it where let's see Green Bay was up twenty two to fourteen and then Cincinnati was able to go down the field with like I think they scored with three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter get the two point conversions now we're at twenty two twenty two and there's a great opportunity for the Green Bay Packers to get ahead 25-22 and go figure. Uh, it's a missed field goal by one of the more reliable kickers in the league at Mason, Mason Crosby. Misses a 36-yarder, which is almost basically like an extra point. And so that happens. Cincinnati then gets the ball and is able to drive. And they have a field goal opportunity with their, I believe he's a rookie in McPherson. And yeah, 30 seconds left, 57 yards. So a, 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 obviously a monster kick that this kid has to make. And it goes off of the right goalpost. Um, and and so, so that happens. And then so Green Bay gets the ball back, has, I mean, very little time. But Rodgers completes a pass to Devontae Adams. Mason Crosby, another opportunity, 51-yarder, uh, doesn't make it. So you end regulation with a missed field goal, missed field goal, and then a missed field goal. Then we go into overtime. Cincinnati wins a toss or gets possession, so, yeah, they won the toss. And the first play, Joe Burrow throws an interception, putting the Packers directly into field goal range, and they just have a, a – crappy three play drive and just set it up for mason crosby again because that's you know 40 yarder okay here we go mason crosby let's let's get out of this funk you already missed two make this 40 yarder we're good to go nope that, that, not 
not on on his schedule. Uh, so three missed field goals for Mason Crosby. He made his. I think he made two or three. Yeah, he made three before that in the game. Seven attempts total. We'll get to the final one in a sec. So then the Cincinnati Bengals got the ball again. And this is now we're we're getting a little bit closer. We're getting down to, you know, potential tie situation. Set up a field goal scenario again for McPherson, the rookie, who somehow thinks he makes a field goal, even though it hit the flag to the outside of the goal post on the left side for the 49-yarder misses it so now there's five missed field goals in however like in the last three minutes of regulation and then into overtime and finally mason crosby hits go figure a 49 yarder after missing a 36 and a 40 yarder so i don't know what the heck happened he finally figured it out and the packers Go to four and one after a horrible start week one against New Orleans, where it was 38 to three New Orleans. I have no idea what to think of that. It could be it's a game by game scenario of how the heck they're going to play. But they did get the win against Washington to go to three and two. Um, So, yeah, still going to be in that playoff contention. I don't know if they're going to be as good as Tampa Bay. You're going to deal with some problems with Carolina, um, but potentially a wild card team for New Orleans. Uh, But, yeah, anyway, the Packers are are looking to be getting back into that, you know, NFC championship game appearance form. Um, The way they're playing, you know, Cincinnati looks like they could be you know, borderline playoff team. We'll see how the season develops, but right now they're looking pretty good. That Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection is looking really good. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they, they put, they put a fight and that AFC North division, like I said before, looks really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I think if you're fans of those teams, you gotta be you gotta be feeling pretty good at this point. Four and one for the Packers, three and two for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, what were the teams that I've already kind of mentioned here? Saints, Washington. I mean, there was nothing really to it. Jameis Winston, fifty completed only fifty percent of his passes, almost had three hundred yards, and but it had four touchdowns. So, including a Hail Mary at the end of the half, I think it was, um, at the end of the half. And that kind of, like, you know, kept him away from any type of Washington success. Uh, my TV was – there was TV that just played a radio call and it was loud as heck. I, I doubt it catch, caught up on the microphone, but we'll, well, I guess we'll find out. Um Let's see. What was the next one there? What else did I mention? I mean, we can go to Lions and Vikings here for a quick sec. Um, Vikings almost as disastrous end to that game for them. Uh, Dalvin Cook, their star running back, one of the best running backs in the league, was out with injury. Uh, the offense has kind of struggled without him. You know, not looking like what they could potentially look like but alexander madison the backup running back for the team filled in pretty well 25 carries 113 yards so uh that you know the effectiveness in the running game didn't go away um 
But when, I mean, Madison did make a mistake, though, because uh, Minnesota trying to uh, run up the clock, uh, Madison fumbles the ball and gives it right to back to Detroit in the in Minnesota's territory. And they go and score and, you know, they could have kicked the extra point to make this a tie game but they're just going to go for the win and they actually get it. They get the two point conversion. So they're up 17 to 16 and Detroit Lions are going to Detroit Lions. It seems like, uh, and they go to 0 and five because Minnesota hits a, um, it was a, it was like a 54 yard field goal. It was a pretty good kick by Greg Joseph there. Uh, but yeah, Minnesota was able to drive down the field in very little time and, and, and end up winning that football game. Um, so it's just yeah, heartbreak for the Lions, and but that's unfortunately the uh, seems like the reputation that they can't really shake. They're always just gonna find a way to lose um, more games than not, and uh, yeah, that's just kind of happens. Dan Campbell, their head coach, was emotional. Um, obviously, wants these guys to win in his locker room, all that stuff. Um, but you know, it's just the the team is going to have some growing pains you know potentially down the road here they could be a little bit better but for right now they're just looking like one of those bottom tier teams in the uh in the nfc uh but you know things could very well change as you could very well win a few games here kind of give that confidence for next season season down the road all that stuff um but yeah just like i said heartbreak again broncos steelers uh kind of surprising here you know i understand bridgewater was kind of coming off of an injury here to where he was knocked out of the last game drew lock came in um so it just they're kind of going back to their old ways of last season to where you know the defense was good but the offense just you know wasn't quite clicking wasn't quite there uh steelers fortunate enough for them they got off to a really fast start and i think that is good for their offense because it opens up the running game especially for rookie first round pick Najee harris to get 23 carries 122 yards and a touchdown uh, ben roethlisberger was able to connect with chase claypool effectively five catches 130 yards and a touchdown um juju smith suster went out with a, a, a pretty sure it's a season ending shoulder injury to where he already got surgery all that stuff so he's likely done so m- maybe that will have that will affect the offense um an offense that's kind of struggled that's kind of looked flat you know um unable to push it down the field but that's kind of changed on sunday uh you know the, the pass protection was a little bit better i know that was a big concern uh to where couldn't really do anything and then in the situation of games it was kind of tough to get Najee Harris to have any momentum um he was able to do that though uh, I mean the Broncos did storm back they did have 13 fourth quarter points almost added um almost added more to potentially tie the game but they just weren't able to convert on that uh, but yeah I mean I have mentioned, obviously, before, the Steelers do play the Seahawks, a Geno Smith quarterback Seahawk team. Uh, that's a really winnable game because it's at home. Sunday night football, the crowd's going to be um, energized and all that stuff. So I got to I gotta give it to the Pittsburgh Steelers here that they're going to start to climb their way back. Uh, you know, 
I'm not sure if they're going to maybe be able to catch like the, a Cleveland Browns team, but who knows? Cincinnati could kind of come back to earth a little bit. Uh, Baltimore, you know, may stay away just the way Lamar Jackson's been playing. So, uh, but yeah, better signs for the Steelers, more of a balance, uh, rush pass kind of offense dynamic there. Uh, Dolphins, Buccaneers, nothing really much to say other than Tom Brady was fantastic. First game, I think, ever in his career with 400-plus yards, five touchdowns. So that's crazy that he's doing this at 44. Obviously, he has the weapons on offense to make him look younger than he is. Uh, you know, if you're comparing this team to that 2019 Patriots team, completely different, allows Brady to be Brady. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins, just it, they're just going to be struggling, especially when – you're going to have Jacoby Brissett in there on offense. They're just not going to do enough. The the corners, the you know, something that's reliable for the Miami Dolphins defense with like Xavier Howard, guys like that, uh, not reliable whatsoever. Antonio Brown was scorching them. Seven catches, 124 yards, and, and a couple touchdowns. Obviously, you're going to have guys like Gowan and Evans always get into the mix. Leonard Fournette was effective on the ground too. Um and yeah, you're going to have the conversation of can Brady get the all-time passing yard mark? And there's an extra game this season, so you know you're going to have records will probably eventually start to go down easier just because of the extra game in the season. Um, but right now, I think even with his yards per game stats, he would be on pace to break it in 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 16 games if there was still a season like that but to get it in the 16 games if you really want to make that comparison to to Peyton Manning doing it in 16 games with his 5,477 yards um Brady would need roughly 337 yards per game his next or his final 12 games of the season to do it in a 16 to get the record in general. So 17 games, um, that average, he would need about 309 passing yards per game, which is, you know, achievable. I mean, in his career, he's averaged 300 plus yards per game. I think there was two seasons where he was just above 300, and then there was one year where he was at roughly 327. But the last season that he did that was back in 2012. So it's remarkable that he's doing that now at 44, uh, nine seasons later. Uh, So, yeah, so it's going to be something interesting to watch. They do play a good passing defense in Philadelphia on Thursday. Uh, Brady does have a, a minor thumb injury that apparently he sustained at the end of the second quarter of this game. Um, but they'll probably just tape it up. Hope we're ready to go. I don't think he's going to miss a game for that. Uh, so yeah, so we'll see how that goes in, in kind of, um, if momentum is going to carry, but when it comes to the end of the season, I know Tampa Bay has to play Buffalo. They play Carolina twice in 15 and 16 or not 15, uh, weeks 16 and 18, sorry. And, um, so Carolina right now at, well, as of now has a really good passing defense. So, uh, could be, you know, pretty competitive games in that regard to where Brady, you know, I guess we'll see what happens, but, as of right now, on pace to get the record, uh, Peyton Manning's record at the age of 44. Just crazy. I mentioned Carolina and their good passing defense. I mean, they held Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to under 200 passing yards. 
was up what 15 to 6 in this game and just a complete turnaround in the second half of this game to where Eagles outscore Carolina 15 to 3 to win this game and it's uh I mean Eagles kind of saved their season. I know we still have a lot of season left, 12 games to go, but to go to be down and be one and four versus two and three is, is kind of a big difference. Now I think Dallas should win this division, the, the NFC East, but um, yeah, this was a good win to keep them in it and just one of those winning ugly type of games where nothing was really clicking initially and then Carolina got stagnant. They they weren't able to to get anything going, get any extra points. I mean, they had the additional field goal there, but that was really about it. So the yeah, Philadelphia Eagles able to overcome adversity there and, and take advantage of a Panthers team who should be four and one right now, but like I said, just got stagnant on offense and, and it couldn't yeah, just didn't finish the game. And maybe that's that could forecast their the success for the rest of the season if um if they're really going to be a legit threat. I don't think kind of with them and uh New Orleans, I don't think that's gonna be a threat to the uh Tampa Bay, but uh to to get a potential wild card spot uh you gotta you know close those type of games and they just didn't uh tennessee and jacksonville uh nothing to much to say here other than derrick henry had like three rushing touchdowns pretty much dominated trevor trevor lawrence looked pretty good i mean 23 for 33 273 um but yeah just Tennessee just too overwhelming on offense uh, that Jacksonville defense couldn't stop anything and um, the tough ask for any rookie quarterback to try to match that and score 37 uh, yeah just just didn't work out the woes for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville team just keeps going uh, let's see Chicago and and the Raiders you know just uh Typical Khalil Mack revenge from leaving that team. I think he recorded a sack in in that game. Uh, nothing great with the passing. I mean, Derek Carr had 200 yards. Justin Fields, the the rookie quarterback there. You know, it could be one of those things to where you know the stat line isn't impressive. I mean, yeah, there, there you go. 12 for 20, 111 yards and a touchdown. So nothing crazy there at all uh first career uh touchdown pass he threw and yeah it's just uh, the the bears defense got to credit them there and the bears offense did enough to um <laughs> to, to get the win over vegas and just given the situation with john gruden it's gonna be tough i I see the Vegas Raiders kind of um, resorting back to what they kind of were last season, you know, borderline playoff team, and then eventually just uh, fully collapse to where they, they missed the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, you know, still has the opportunity to be competitive, but with the, with the, the Gruden, um, with Gruden resigning and that happening with the organization, that's going to do more harm than, than, than help there. So I think uh, 
yeah, it, it it may not be a good sign for the Raiders, but uh, credit to the Chicago Bears. I mean, uh, Matt Nagy made a decision to have Justin Fields be the starter over Andy Dalton. And, you know, they're three and two right now. I don't know if after playing the Packers and stuff, I think they play the Packers this week in week six. Um, not sure if, you know, they're going to they're going to stay like that or, or be um, competitive with Green Bay in the NFC North standings, but uh, we'll have to see. I mean, if they just if Fields just does enough on the offense and, and the defense is able to kind of lead them, uh, then who knows? They they could be in one of those wild card uh, positions in the NFC, um, but that is still super competitive, especially when you're dealing with all those good teams in the NFC West. Uh, let's see. Do I want to get to the Patriots and Texans yet? Probably not. Um, Cowboys Giants. I mean, I didn't expect the Giants to be super competitive here. They dealt with a ton of injuries. Uh, Kadarius Tony, who was the Giants, one the first round draft pick for them, wide receiver out of Florida, had a heck of a game. Ten catches, 189 yards. Um, so that's good there. But they, I mean, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, wide receivers like that for the Giants, they're out with injury. Daniel Jones went out with a concussion, so you had Mike Glennon in there, who's just like a veteran backup at this time. Nothing. He's not going to do anything crazy. Um, Dak Prescott t- continues to. Um, put up Dak Prescott numbers, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Ezekiel Ellis is looking really good in the running game. You know, he had 100-plus yards. Uh, Tony Pollard, to compliment Ezekiel Elliott as well, is is never a bad thing for an offense. Uh, the Cowboys, yeah, just super physical on the defensive end as well. You have Trayvon Diggs, who's an interception machine early on. I think he has five through five games. Um so yeah, the, the, just a good all-around effort by the Cowboys, and yeah, just I mean you can't expect the Giants to to do great given their situation. Saquon Barkley goes out too with that swollen ankle, sprained ankle, whatever the heck it was. Uh, yeah, not looking great for the one and four Giants. Looking much better for the one and four Cowboys. Um, 49ers Cardinals, really low-scoring game kind of more of a defensive battle. Yeah, Kyler Murray versus uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance first start as a um as a rookie, you know, so all five rookies that were drafted in the first round this year were starting in week 5 and uh you know decent. I mean, he had what 90 rushing yards, uh, passing yards I think he was I want to say he was under 200 for that. Um, yeah, 192 and an interception. So nothing, nothing uh, amazing there. Um, but yeah, just a, just mostly a defensive battle to where, um, Arizona's offense was finally able to push the ball down the field and get into the end zone. And, um, just the, you know, the 49ers just couldn't do enough. Um, and Trey Lance just couldn't push the ball down the field to where, to give them a, a great opportunity to win. Bills Chiefs, yeah. So this was um, a highly anticipated game because it was your 2020 AFC Championship game rematch. And going in, I thought, okay, these offenses are going to be balanced because you have Josh Allen and his receivers, Diggs, Sanders, 
Beasley, Davis, Dawson Knox, uh, Mahomes with his guys, you know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, uh, who else? Pringles in there. Uh, so, you know, balance on offense, but the defenses is where it was going to be the separator. And especially with the secondaries, the Bills secondary, much better than the Chiefs secondary. And that was proven fact with the way Josh Allen was able to sling the ball downfield to where, you know, you hit Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox for a long touchdown. Um, what he averaged like 21 yards of completion. So that's that's ridiculous. He only completed 15 passes and they still put up 38 points, which is, yeah, another just, yeah, the ridiculousness continues in this game. Uh, you know, pick, Mahomes throws a pick six, which is obviously rare given his, you know, accolades so far early and in, early into his career. Um, but the the Bills looking like one of the better teams in the in the AFC, uh, one of the better teams in the NFL. Though I would probably give slight edge well, if we're talking if we're talking Super Bowl here, not like right now. Um, still have the Cardinals who are undefeated, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and one, the Rams. Um, so I think NFC poses a bigger threat at the moment to potentially be a Super Bowl champion. But yeah, the Bills, I mean, they they proved that they are the cream of the crop for the AFC. Chiefs early struggle so far, two and three. I considering you still have Patrick Mahomes, no major cause for concern, but that defense has kind of regressed back to what um Mahomes and, and the Chiefs were were dealing with uh in, in his first full season. Um to where they just need to score a ton of points in order to try to match that. And yeah, the, I mean, the Chiefs couldn't, Chiefs defense couldn't stop much. And that with the Bills defense being as good as it was, um, any mistakes or three and outs, whatever, pick sixes that the Chiefs were going to make were going to be absolutely costly. Um, but yeah, you got to give credit where credit's due. The Bills went out to Arrowhead, to Kansas City. And won that game, got through that, what, hour-plus weather delay during halftime. Um, and, yeah, now that now they're uh, looking ahead to an easier schedule. So I expect the Bills to be staying at top of the ASC just given their schedule and and um, given the possible tie-break advantages they, they will have, um, especially over the Kansas City Chiefs who finds themselves really behind in trying to get the number one overall seed. And finally, I'm surprised I haven't lost my voice yet. Patriots and Texans. This was, you know, kind of on the edge of your seat type of game. You, How were they going to respond after playing Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium? Uh, didn't respond too great, though. Credit their offense in the first half because they, you know, matched the touchdown that Houston scored. Um, then Houston scored again. Unfortunately, Dave um, Damian Harris fumbles the ball at the like basically the one inch line to where Houston recovers, gets a touchback, goes down and kicks a field goal to go up 15-6. Well, not 15-6, sorry. Patriots tacked on a field goal to go up 15. Yeah, it was 15-9 at half. Um, so you're thinking like, okay, is this uh, – the, the running back woes of fumbling to where you had Damian or let's see, Damian Harris fumbled a costly one against Miami in week one, probably should have won that game. 
Stevenson fumbled early in that game in week one to where that put him as a healthy scratch. Uh, that tells you how short of a leash the Patriots rookies are on to where Stevenson fumbles the ball. He misses weeks two, three, and four, and then finally is activated for week five. Could be the main guy, depending on how Damian Harris responds with his rib injury, um, looking ahead to Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but we'll get we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so, yeah, and then you start the second half. You know, you kick the field goal. You hope to go down and score again to get this tied or go up one. Uh, and then Mac Jones throws an interception. Thankfully, that was the only one he had. Probably could have had a couple more in that game, but those turned out to be drops or um, wide receiver contest- contested the ball enough to where it wasn't an interception. Uh, and then Houston goes up on a freaking flea flicker. They, I mean, this secondary made davis mills this rookie quarterback out of stanford looked like an absolute all-star he passed for 312 yards with three touchdowns um after only passing for 87 and had four interceptions against buffalo last week uh but i mean that's what's going to happen because you had jalen mills that was out which put in Joe Juan Williams as a starting cornerback, which isn't ideal. So if you have an, a corner that's out in that secondary, um, that makes it much weaker. That's one of those situations to where you kind of wish they kept Stephon Gilmore, but um, but just given the you know scenarios and it was a mutual parting away so uh it's whatever but that that money you know you saved up and you get jamie collins who had a sack so at least the linebacker core is doing pretty good but yeah i mean that completely left the secondary vulnerable with jalen mills being out obviously they're going to be much better if it's jc jackson as, as the number one corner then you have jalen mills uh playing that position and not a guy like Joe Juan Williams. Uh, but, you know, it's it's what the Patriots got and it's what they gonna are going to have to deal with. But anyway, I got to credit, you know, Mac Jones and the offense for being able to come back. Obviously, uh, the special teams had a huge, well, would you really call it a block punt because the punter just kicked it into the back of his own guy. But anyway, it was a zero-yard punt, and they were able to get a field goal off of that to kind of kickstart the momentum, only down by 10. Uh, defense really stepped up to where, um, yeah, New England was able to get the ball back, attacking on another field goal to get it within seven, and then uh, a clutch drive to where Mac Jones finishes off to Hunter Henry, who is starting to really get comfortable in the offense, uh, really start to have an impact, especially in the red zone now. Uh, and then finally, uh, New England gets the ball back, and Nick Falk, who was was clutch, um, except for the one missed extra point, but he had four field goals, um, made an extra point as well uh, to, to really, you know, get the scoring going for New England um, and, and, and help them win the game. So not the result you wanted to see, especially against Houston. You know, you would expect to win that game. Um by a much larger margin, but given the scenario to where you just play a super tough game on Sunday night against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, lose by, uh, you know, a field goal off of the post, and then you have to go down to Houston, which you're an organization that has many former Patriot front office members, uh, former Patriot players, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, st- a, a good win. 
obviously a much tougher test coming up in week six against the Dallas Cowboys um, with the way that offense is looking, the way Prescott's throwing the ball. That defense looks pretty good too. So a, a, a bigger challenge than what was what it was in week five, um, looking more like uh, a type of, uh, what am I trying to say? looking like week four when they were playing as Tampa Bay. It's going to be that type of um, competitive there. So uh, have to see what happens. But, um, but yeah, the way Mac Jones is looking, it, it's it's leaving me pretty confident. Um, Jones is looking like one of the better rookie quarterbacks. So so that's that's good. And, and hopefully as the season goes on, he'll continue to develop, continue to get better. And and who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens with the Patriots season. But uh, you got to hope for the, a playoff appearance for sure.